Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So last night, well, by 6 o'clock yesterday afternoon, is it afternoon or evening at 6 o'clock? I don't know. I had no plans, no intention to talk about the uh, Trump rally in Chicago, no, whatsoever. I just thought it was going to be another rally. And then the chaotic reality took place, and so in the next hour, we're going to be talking about it. And the campaign. And what's going on in American politics. Of course, Canada was involved in American politics this past week. With Justin Trudeau meeting with... Uh, Oh, yeah, Barack Obama. So, um, Frank Coombs, the managing editor of Rasmussen Poll, is going to be joining us. And we'll be talking to um, Toby Condliffe from Democrats Abroad. Toby's a former superdelegate to the Democratic Convention in 2007, where they nominated Barack Obama. But he lives in Canada. And we're also going to be joined by, uh, living in Canada, Mark Feigenbaum. He's the president of Republicans Overseas. We're going to talk to you about uh, what happened yesterday, and I have a couple of questions for you. Ilya Sherman is the executive director of MoveOn.org, and they're taking credit, at least in a story I saw about a half an hour ago, taking credit for the Chicago chaos. And he says there's more to come. So we'll get into all of that. Later on this hour, Doug Ford is going to be with us, Toronto Councillor. We'll talk to uh, Mr. Ford about his brother, Rob, who is fighting that battle against cancer, a malignant liposarcoma. And he's going to be, I think, the first Canadian to be part of the Panoff program. We'll talk about that with, uh, with Doug Ford. Cancer just uh, touches millions and millions of people. And a guy... Bantleman is going to be with us as well. We're going to be talking to Guy about his brother, Neil, who was just moved into a maximum security prison in Indonesia after the Supreme Court of that country sentenced him to 11 years for child sexual assault after the High Court had acquitted him. And Canada and the United States, both of our governments, are challenging Indonesia on that particular sentence for Neil Bantleman. And uh, both countries have said it's going to damage the relationship between us and them. There's a lot coming up today. Uh, like me, I'm a little confused. I'm a hockey fan, right? Habs fan. I used to be a big fighting fan in hockey. Now I'm all I'm against fighting. I know, I know, I know. My buddy's Don Cherry, and Don's going to get mad at me. But I'm opposed to, to fighting in hockey now simply because after I saw the Paris fight, I thought that that has to end. But at the same time, as a Habs fan, I want um, Mark Bergevin to bring up John Scott. So I'm I'm everywhere. We're going to be talking about fighting in hockey with a leading medical ethicist from the United States. Try to say that. A leading American medical ethicist from the United States who says it's time for fighting in, in hockey to be over and done with and tell us why. 
medical marijuana users in Ontario are fuming over the province's restrictions on vaping and toking for medical reasons. The Toronto Star revealed that the Wynn government is enforcing a ban on cannabis use in all enclosed spaces, as well as in your place of work and most outdoor areas. And e-cigarettes are also going to be treated as uh, tobacco. Now, it was only a few months ago that uh, the Wynn government was going to exclude medical marijuana and vaping from the areas where you cannot smoke in public. But now they've changed their minds. Cancer Society supports the government. And the Campaign for Action on Tobacco in Ontario supports the government. And I have concerns about smoking marijuana because it's, it's, it's putting smoke into your lungs. But if marijuana is providing huge relief for pain, chronic pain, if it provides huge relief for seizures, and there's also the, uh, the extracts from marijuana, which are, uh, are doing that. There's a lot more to be talked about. Now, we've spoken with uh, Alexander Rapetsky on this program. He's a medical marijuana user himself for his own health. I didn't know that until yesterday, because we've been talking to Alexander, who made national headlines last year, when he revealed he's been treating his uh, three-year-old daughter and her seizures with marijuana oil extracts. And uh, Alex Rapetsky joins us on the Roy Green Show. Back with us. Alex, how are you? Good, how are you? Great. So tell us again how successful the marijuana extracts, oil extracts, have been for Guinevere, your daughter. So, yeah, we've, we've discussed this before. I mean, it's been extraordinarily successful. My daughter has gone over the past 15 months from, you know, a, a two-and-a-half-year-old who could barely sit up or crawl to a three-and-a-half-year-old who has uh, been using cannabis oil now for 15 months and not having seizures and uh, thriving. She's running around and breaking things and doing lots of cool stuff. She faces very many uh, roadblocks still, but um, she's doing extraordinarily well. It's been a life-changing treatment. And you were on air with me with a medical researcher who also had a lot to say and positive things to say preliminarily about the use of uh, marijuana to fight chronic pain and seizures. Yeah, that was uh, Dr. Burnham. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've kept in close contact with him, and uh, they at U of T and uh, AppLink are, are looking at doing some further studies, which I'm really happy about. Russell Barth is with us as well from Ottawa. Mr. Barth and his wife are both medical marijuana users. Her seizures are very serious. And uh, he says, and I'm just reading a quote here, I'm going to talk to him in two seconds, I'm not going to obey this rule, this rule being the rule by the, the Wynn government. And Mr. Barth assures there's going to be a cart challenge, arguing disallowing vaping for medical marijuana patients. It's like taking away an EpiPen. And if anybody has very serious allergies, you know that an EpiPen can save lives. Uh, Mr. Barth, thank you for taking the time. Russell, is, the, is it really a, is it a potential life-and-death situation for your wife to have access to medical marijuana in the way that she feels she needs it at the time she needs it? Uh, in her case, yes. Um, what happens is we'll be on the bus or anywhere in public or at home, and she'll be perfectly normal, perfectly fine. And then I'll notice that she's sort of moving her mouth around as if she has a lozenge, and I, I'll say something to her, and she won't respond. And she'll begin to drool and twitch a little bit. And I can get this vaping pen into her mouth and sort of go 
at her and you know get, encourage her to inhale deeply, and she'll eventually will, and that helps not that helps we hope that keeps her from going into a convulsive seizure. Her convulsive seizures, uh, you can see a video of it on YouTube. We get over a thousand hits a day of her having a such a powerful convulsive seizure that she breaks a tooth. Wow. And and for you, it's also a situation where you use medical marijuana. You have a license for it, Health Canada license, correct, permit? Right, exactly. Now, the main difference is if I'm on the bus with my wife and I suddenly have a back spasm or I'm suddenly feeling nauseous or anxious, which is common, I can get off the bus. I don't have to be a jerk about it and say, well, I'm allowed to vape on the bus, so I'm just going to sit here vaping on the bus. It's just causing a trouble you don't want to get involved in. If my wife has a seizure on the bus, I'm vaping her right then and there, and no one's given us any trouble about it. A driver had to one time because that's what they're told to do no matter what. But the security people in Ottawa here at the OC Transpo were very nice about it, and uh, I've, you know, we've cleared the whole thing up. There was no trouble at all. So did it take you completely by surprise what the wind governments decided to do, and that is, in fact, ban the use of? Uh, smoking medical marijuana or or vaping um, in in the same places on the same locations where they've banned tobacco use. Well, yes and no. Um, when they flew this up the flagpole last year, and they said, "Yeah, we're going to allow it," except where you know business owners or your employers say that they're disallowing it. Well, right then and there, we contacted the wind government, me and me, just me personally, and then all these other activists and activist groups and lawyers, and they said, "Yeah, actually, you can't you can't do that." You see people's right to use medical marijuana and use it when they need to and feel necessary to use it is established in court rulings. We have charter rights to that, and it's also a violation of people's mobility rights under the Ontario Human Rights Code. So it was surprising to think that when then two days later they pull it down, right? So then they said, well, we're going to rethink it. So we thought, well, we'll come up with something where they'll say, yeah, we're going to make these new, you know, I don't know what they were going to think, what they were thinking, probably just we're going to ban vaping these uh, tobacco vaping juices things in restaurants and in malls and this kind of stuff, which I think never would have been neither here nor there. But I thought they would probably probably just not say anything about medical marijuana because it's they keep washing their hands of the jurisdiction. When you when you contact the Ontario government and say, hey, why aren't you regulating medical marijuana use and stuff? They're like, oh well, it's got it's on the Federal Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. We can't do anything about it. But then now when it suits them, suddenly they're regulating our needs and our rights. So. You know, it's the wind government doing something illegal. That doesn't surprise me. But categorically, this this ban would be illegal. It would be a violation of court rulings, 11 of them, and a violation of our human rights. All right, guys, hold on. We'll come back. We'll talk some more. Uh, my number is 888-225-8255, 888-225-8255, 416 416-870-6400. If you have, if medical marijuana plays a role in your life, if medical marijuana plays a role in your life or someone you're close to, and you want to comment on this, 888 We'll come back with Alexander Rapetsky and Russell Barth and talk more about what the Ontario government's decided to do as, medical, as far as medical marijuana is concerned right after this. Roy won't take no or no comment sitting down. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Send your emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. See, if you have chronic pain or if you suffer with seizures, it makes absolutely no sense to me for any government to say you can't use the stuff 
that's going to help you. That is absolutely counter to even the most fundamental common sense. You can't use it. I get the smoking part, the ingesting into your lungs, I get all of that. But we're also talking about marijuana oil extracts. Helps a little three-year-old with seizures. It helps Russell Barth's wife with her seizures. Now, it's not going to affect, uh, Alex, it's not going to affect Guinevere, your daughter. It's not going to affect the um, the oil extra, or the marijuana extracts, is it? This this reversal of field by the, by the wind government. Um, no, I mean, that's not going to affect her treatment in any way because, uh, you know, she's three. And I've been very stringent in how I create the extracts and, you know, keep her on a stable dosage. So... You know, that's not going to affect her treatment in any way, no. But uh, I agree with Russell on many levels. Uh, I use cannabis myself to treat psoriatic arthritis pain and inflammation. And, um, you know, my, my regimen is, is mostly construed of uh, oil ingestion as well. But there are situations where you have a flare-up, and uh, as an adult, ingesting cannabis via smoking or, or vaporization is a more um, efficacious way to con- control that pain. Yeah. And, and, Russell, you find that as well, that if, if, you, if you smoke the marijuana, do you get instant or almost instant, instant pain relief? And we're not talking about headache pain. We're talking about serious high-level chronic pain here, right? Right. I mean, in my case, I feel pretty much achy, kind of hungover all the time, physical-wise. And, um, but sometimes I'll get these flares of pain where a muscle will spasm, and it's, you know, it feels like a screwdriver's been stuck in my back, or an arrow's gone through my shoulder. So um, sometimes I'll use topical, but mainly what I have handy is, is the uh, vaping pen. And not the type that vapes uh, bud, but it's this um, butane-extracted hash oil, which you know, people worry about secondhand smoke and secondhand vapor. First of all, uh, marijuana smokers have lower rates of cancer and better lung uh, function than people who don't smoke anything at all. So even though it's smoked, it's the, the benefits far outweigh any dangers. So secondhand tobacco smoke is far, far, far more dangerous than secondhand marijuana smoke. So yeah, I didn't know that. It smells bad, but so do a lot of things. And, you know, I sympathize. I don't really like the smell of, of marijuana myself. But with this vaping pen the boiling point of this hash oil is far below its combustion point. So what I'm inhaling and then what I'm exhaling into the room or the bus or the outside, wherever I am, it's just, it's just vapor. Well, what I want to know is who makes the rules? You have a Health Canada permit to use marijuana for medical purposes, right? You have it? I have one, yeah. And, and Alex, you have one? Yes, of course. And your daughter, and you, and your daughter uses the, ex, the, the oil extracts. The Supreme Court has ruled that, it, that you have the right to do so, correct? Or am I missing right. something? No, that's what happened. Is it all right. So wait a minute. So if you so if you have that if you have that permission, you have the permit, you have the Supreme Court's permission. Where does the provincial government come in and say no? I mean, how does that work? Well, the provincial government has to take care of you know. I, I guess part of their jurisdiction is to try and increase public safety. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, though. I do. Yeah, I understand what you mean. So if they were to say if if tobacco vaping presented anywhere near the kind of dangers, and if they had any science to corroborate these assertions 
then you'd say, yeah, okay, we should ban that in those certain places, just like we do. Well, let's step aside from that for a moment. But marijuana and tobacco vaping or smoking is nowhere near. I mean, we're talking a fraction of a fraction of how dangerous. Okay, so, so, so let's deal with this. How many people in the province of Ontario, do we have an idea how many people in the province of Ontario actually have a Health Canada permit to use marijuana for medical purposes? Do we know? 23,000. 23,000. Approximately. Yeah, that's correct. So you have 23,000. I, I think if you search the whole province, you might find one or two, maybe three people who are going to be enough of a jerk about it that they're just going to light up a joint in a restaurant. Out of 23,000. Pretty good odds. Yeah. So this is not a major public threat right now, right? So what's this aimed at? What's the wind government getting at? They're going after the vapor lounges. They don't want people congregating and smoking marijuana together or vaporizing marijuana together because it's something culturally that they're not comfortable with. You really believe that? I think that's a big part of it, and I think they're, they're also just pandering. Because, look, to there's going to have to be an argument made here. You've got 23,000 people who have chronic pain issues or chronic health issues. Right. And they have a, they have a, they have a federal health candidate permit to use the medical marijuana. Right. So you're going to have to make the argument that without this substance, we're going to be in significant trouble. And it's the only thing that helps us to the level that we need to be assisted because we don't want to take the uh, we don't take want to take the opiates and whatever else is available because it doesn't work as well. Right. That's the argument you're going to have to make, and right. and you're prepared to do that in court. Well, yeah, it, like I said, in my case, I can get off the bus or I can leave the mall. I've I've never. It's very rare that I'm having a symptom that it's going to so keep me down that I can't get off a bus. Yeah. Or walk to the mall. So you won't do it in but public. My wife's, but in my wife's case, I'm vaping her wherever she is. If she's in a library with 20 little kids, I'm vaping her right then and there. If she's having a seizure, it's go time. And you're talking about grand mal seizures. Well, the mild potentially come in first, and I have to try and address the mild seizure as quickly as possible to prevent the grand mal seizures, because the grand mal seizures can be life threatening. So this going to, is this going to court? Well, pretty soon. I, not me personally uh, yet, because it hasn't gone, it hasn't been enacted. But I do know I've been watching my friends on Facebook, and they're getting lawyers retained, and they're going to be filing papers within the next 45 days to say, no, you cannot pass a, a law like this, and here's a list of reasons why. You know, after all the years, and I keep saying back in the 1960s, Lenny Bruce said, marijuana is going to be legal in 10 years' time, but you know, want to know why? Because all the law students are smoking it now. Yep. So after all these years, you'd think by now we would have a comprehensive agreeable policy to everybody well, and now I only have a couple of seconds here you think we'd have that in place we clearly we don't we're not on the same page with with everyone at this point so Alex never adhere to court rulings well I'm sorry the government the government don't adhere to court rulings. no we'll, we'll we'll talk it we'll talk again Russell thank you for the time Alex always good talking to you and all the best to Guinevere yes sir thank can I just make a quick point no I've got to go guys I'm sorry I'm just out of time uh, the system's going to knock me off the air. There's Russell Barth and Alex Repetsky on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. We're going to come back with Guy Battleman about his brother Neil in jail in, uh, in Indonesia. Stay with us.